We laugh at it because if there's no other place, I'd rather be here than right here, right now, with these people, with God's people. Got one of my brothers I ain't seen in a while, his lovely wife and, and nephew. So good to see you guys. Praise God. Jesus is still Lord to the glory of God the Father. Sometimes when I look at some things that people have gone through, people are going through, and they press through anyway, it challenges me to bring my game up higher. So praise God. I know I, I'm going to jump right in because I already know how much of a window I have with, with my brother. We talked about this yesterday. So I know how much of a window we got in the name of Jesus. You, if you can't laugh in church, come see me at the altar because your wood, your wood is just wet. Man, if you can't laugh and have a good time. In fact, it says a way that God uses healing is it says a merry heart is good like a medicine. One of the best medicines that you can have is laughter. So, you know, in fact, one of our friends who's a, he's a top neurosurgeon in the state of Michigan, they say they have laughter classes where they actually turn on uh, shows and do events and everything just to get people to laugh. That's their laughter therapy for an hour each day. And people are literally being healed by that because your body doesn't know if it's real or not. I mean, you can fake laugh. Your body doesn't know if it's for real or not. Only one to know is your, your head. So we're going to jump right in tonight in the name of Jesus on behalf of uh, Minister Jew and uh, the entire night nation. We want to wish you all a happy resurrection Easter uh, weekend. Remember, Jesus is the reason why we celebrate this day. Why? Because he got up out of everybody else who's talking about that they're they're following somebody. Jesus is the only one who got up and is still alive in the name of Jesus. So we make this declaration and we're going to jump right in that the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. Whew. Mm. Mm. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up, to heal, to restore the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty or freedom to those who are captives and the opening of the prison or release of the bars to those who are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance, so we're going to talk about today, the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn, and to appoint unto them the morning Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. The spirit of praise for the spirit of heaviness. If you're experiencing heaviness right now, all you have to do is begin to praise God. You said, well, I don't know any praise songs. You don't have to. All you have to do is start out with, Father, God, I just thank you. God, I praise you. God, I thank you for all that you've done. I thank you for all that you're going to do. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your promises. I thank you for the shed blood of Jesus. I thank you for the Holy Spirit. I thank you for wisdom. I thank you for revelation. What are you doing? You're beginning to thank God. And when you begin to thank God, that's what praise is. Your thank you, praise is thanking him for what it is he's done. But when you begin to pr praise him like that, what's going to happen is you're going to get so full of all that praise and joy that it's going to cause you to go over into worship. Now, worship is when you begin to tell God who he is. God, you are my healer. You are my deliverer. You are Jeho Je uh, Jehovah, my shalom. You are Jehovah, my Jireh. You are Jehovah, my Nisi, you are Jehovah, my Tiskenu, you are Jehovah, my Shalom, you are Elohim, you are El Elyon, you are the Most High God, you are El Shaddai, the Mighty Breasted One, and who supplies all our needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So if you're experiencing heaviness right now, he says he'll make the exchange with you if you, he'll take your spirit of heaviness and he'll give you a spirit of praise. And all you have to do is just reach out, receive it, and then begin to act out on it, just like we just demonstrated right there in the name of Jesus. He says, 
I'm going to put the spirit of the Lord upon you that you might be called the trees of righteousness, our right standing with God, the planting of the Lord. You are the planting of the Lord that he might be glorified. So what God will do is take you and plant you somewhere so you will grow up in righteousness and you will be the one he's got, his spirit is upon. And when you go out, he's going to anoint you to proclaim good news to those who are weak. He's going to have you begin to heal and restore those who are brokenhearted. He's going to have you begin to proclaim or announce to those who are, who are, uh, announce freedom to those who are in captivity and let those those who are bound behind bars man you are loosed in the name of jesus and who is he going to use to do that anyone who has the spirit of the lord god upon them so if you're born again right now he's talking about you tell your neighbor he's talking about you look at your other neighbor say he talk about you too so don't be looking around the room like he must be talking about it. He, he got the wrong zip code lord he he dropped it he dm'd at the wrong place no i'm talking to you because that's who the spirit of the lord is talking to he says not only is he going to use you to do that but he says he's also going to use you to build the old waste so when you're going around your old neighborhoods and old communities, they, they all busted down and busted. And then you see people. See, in all those neighborhoods, what God sees is people. What we see is houses and buildings. And, and then, man, that, that's like a dump over there. God says, that's a perfect opportunity for me to send you in there. Because you equipped with my spirit to minister to those, to those people. He says, and he's full oh, over to God. In fact, one of our friends was talking about this earlier, that one of our friends, Pastor Rob, and, uh, and the uh, Bikers Church of Ottawa, they, they are in a community that most people are like, you at a church where? Man, you must know the Lord for real. Because if you could think about it, it's around there. But you know what's happening though? People getting healed. People getting saved. People getting delivered. Because they're not waiting for the people to come in the building. They're, going, they're taking the church to the people, which is what the church is supposed to do. It also says, and you shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste city. So God is not going to get off the throne, or he's going to wave some magical wine. as a hocus pocus. It doesn't work that way. What he does is he, he anoints and equips you and I to go forth to do the work of the ministry to edify build up the body of christ to heal these people when somebody get healed god's going to use you somebody's going to experience love god's going to use you somebody's going to experience compassion god's going to use you he's not going to get off the throne and do it he's going to dispatch you he's going to dispatch me to go and be his hands his arms his feet his fingers whatever he needs us to be the, and he says, you're going to restore the, the desolation of many generations. So, Father, we give you glory, honor, and praise, and thank you for this opportunity in your word. We thank you, Father, that our preaching and teaching would not be with the Tyson words of man's wisdom, but let it be a demonstration of spirit of power. Holy Spirit, you're here. Continue to move up and down each and every highway. Touch each and every household represented. Touch the households that are, aren't here, but are represented Father, we pray for everyone watching this online, watching it on, on or listening to it by way of podcast, on YouTube, however you're listening to it, just receive it today. Just open your heart, make a decision right now to open your heart to receive the engrafted word of God that will ultimately change your life forever. Father, we, we thank you for the miracles, signs and wonders, manifestation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit as you see fit. In Jesus name, amen. Now, if I was to give this message a title, see, in, in order for you, I mean, you're going to get a lot out of the message today, but if you really want to get the whole enchilada, you got to go back and listen to the message from yesterday that we ministered at Living Praise Ministry, and the title of it is Make the Exchange. And then you got to go back and listen to the one last week about you're not alone because it's all a build up. To today and i i studied and god will share with me what he wanted me to share and even when he shares it with me my little mind be blown away i'd be like i'm like a five-year-old kid jonathan all you hear me walking around the house going is like wow 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 and <laughs> jewel be like 
<laughs> I'm not even gonna talk to you right now because you ain't even listening to me. Wow, it's just if you only knew. And one thing about God is this: God always declares the end from the very beginning. In fact, he says in Isaiah 46 and 10, he says, declaring the end from the beginning and from the ancient times, things that are not yet done, saying my counsel, his word shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. So God will declare to you the end from the very beginning. That's why when you get into situation and circumstance, somebody, uh, you get into test trial tribulation, you don't wait till you're in the middle to begin to say how this thing is going to end. You let the situation, you let the adversary and anybody else was involved, let me tell you how this is going to end. And then you just declare, I declare that by Jesus stripes, you are healed. Now, walk in it. Now, does that mean that their body is totally healed at that moment? It could be, but what if it's not? What do you do? You walk with them through the process. You walk with them through the process, but you never change your declaration of how this is gonna end. You know what that word declare, declare means? It means to announce. When you come, to the, come across the border and you're going through immigration, where are they gonna ask you? What do you have to declare? In other words, you need to announce to us what you're bringing into the country. And what we're telling you, God says, I'm going to announce to you right now what I'm bringing into your life. This message title was called Missions Accomplished. Tim, I knew you was going to like that one. Mission Accomplished. So we're going, to we're going to declare the end of the message from the very beginning. Because <laughs> that's what God does. He says this. He says, John chapter 3 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, that means anybody, anybody who believes in his son, Jesus, should not perish, but have everlasting life. Or another way to say that, have the God kind of abundant life in earth, just like it is in heaven. He says, for God, now think about this. It says, God so loved the world. It didn't say that the world loved God back. It says, God so loved the world that he gave his very best. He gave his only son to, to a world that did not even believe in him, had not even received him, would not even obey him, did not even follow him, but he gave his son anyhow as a demonstration of his Love, which means you don't have to qualify to receive God's love. It's a free gift. People say, well, God loves people who are saved more. He loves people who are not saved. That's not even scripturally correct. How do you know that? Because Romans chapter, Romans chapter 5, verse 8 says this, in that while we were yet sinners, he still sent Jesus to die for us. We were still in our sins, and he still sent Jesus to die for us because he loved us. So he says, I love you so much, I gave you my very best. And all I'm asking you to do is just to believe in him. And by believing him, you will receive what I sent him there to give to you. Everlasting life or the God kind of life or life in earth just as it is in heaven. People said, but God sent you uh, 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 because Jesus came to condemn the world. Well, if you read the next verse, he'll answer that question too. It says, for God did not send Jesus into the world to condemn it. Did y'all hear that much? He didn't send Jesus into the world to condemn the world. Actually, he sent Jesus into the world that the world through Jesus might be saved, healed, delivered, made whole, made complete. He says, I didn't see my son to condemn the world. In fact, do you know, can I share something else with you? God does not condemn. Jesus does not condemn. The Holy Spirit does not condemn. But they will convict or convince you that there's a better way. So why if God doesn't condemn, Jesus doesn't condemn, the Holy Spirit doesn't condemn, why would you have to condemn somebody that even if they make a decision not to receive this free gift, they already set their own self up. God don't have to do anything to them. It's that simple. It's, too, it's so simple, a kid can do it. Now, 
We're celebrating Easter, our Resurrection Sunday, about the fact that Jesus got up. Man, that is so awesome. And the devil don't even mind the fact that you celebrating Easter, that he got up. Woo-hoo, he got up, he got up. He might be dancing with you. He got up, right? Because if the only thing you're focusing on is the fact that he got up, if you only focus on the method or the what he did and not understand why he did it, you missed the whole point. If, whew, we're going to talk about that today. I'm trying to keep my little self calm because I just, whew, I keep myself calm. Now, if you go to Mark 16, verse 1, it says this. I'm reading down a New King James Version. It says this. Most people focus on the method of the cross, not why the cross. The method is this. He says on, the, on Mark 16, verse 1, says, now when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, who had devils, what Mary, the mother of James, and Shalom, both brought uh, spices, and they were come and, uh, to anoint him. Very early in the morning, on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. This is where they get sunrise service at on, on uh, Resurrection Sunday. And he says, and they said among themselves, who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away, for it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified, he is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter. Now, now think about this. Why did he have to say, tell his disciples and Peter? Wasn't Peter one of his disciples? Why did he have to do that? Because remember, the last time you read about Peter before Jesus went to the cross, Peter had denied Jesus three times and he ran away so distraught, he figured there's no way that he could serve God anymore. But Jesus specifically said, well, the angel tell him, go tell his disciples and Peter. In other words, God hadn't given up on Peter yet. And God hasn't given up on you yet. Let's keep reading. That he is going before you enter Galilee, there you will see him. And as he said, so they went out quickly and fled from the tomb, for they trembled and were amazed. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. So Jesus, they went to the tomb. They looked for Jesus. Jesus already rose like he said he was going to rise up. He, man, people, they're going to celebrate the fact that he is alive. Man, that's so awesome. But why the cross in the first place? What's the big deal about the cross? Why did he have to go to the cross? If the cross was only the method, why did he have to go to the cross? I'm going to answer that question for you. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22. Remember, it says, Jesus, when he was born, it says, this is, this, this is Jesus the Messiah. The, he will be the one who will take away the sins of the world. Remember, he's the one who's going to take, when they, they announced, when it was announcing, he's, this is Jesus. He's going to take away the sins of the world. Well, how was he going to take the sins away? Why would he have to take away the sins of the world? Because there was a price to be paid for sin. Well, in the Old Testament, what they used to do, they used to kill the, the, the blood of goats and, and, and animals and lambs to cover sin. But Jesus said, I'm not going to cover your sin. I'm going to come and I'm going to shed my blood one time and wash away all your sin. In fact, I'm going to wash away your past, present, and future sin. In fact, I'm going to treat you like it never even existed in the first place. How do you know that? It says in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22, it says, and according to the law, almost all things are purified, are cleansed, are washed by the blood and without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. 
Without the shedding of his blood, there is no remission of sin. So on, on Good Friday, on what the people call Good Friday, I'm not going to tell y'all this, but he did, he wasn't actually crucified on Friday. But, but if you go back and do the math, three days in hell, three days out of hell, it doesn't, doesn't happen on Friday. You come out on Sunday. Just saying. Okay. Another time, another message. But the point of the cross was every sin, iniquity and transgression, past, present, and future, every disease, every sorrow, every care, every burden, every anxiety, all griefs were going to be nailed to that cross. And when it was nailed to the cross and his blood was shed, it was going to flow down that cross. And as it's flowing, what's going to happen? That blood is going to do exactly what it says. All things are purified by the blood is going to wash away every sin, every iniquity. So when God see, he's going to take that blood and when he goes to the mercy seat and puts the blood on the mercy seat, before God sees you, he sees the blood. So you are cleansed before his eyes. Do y'all see that? Whew, glory to God. So that was the method. But what was the mission? What was Jesus' mission when he came? If he only came to die on the cross, he could have went, he could have came as a grown man, went to the cross. After he did what he did, went down the hill, got back the keys of death, hell in the grave, exalted, went back up to heaven, put the blood on the mercy seat, and been done. What was his mission? His mission was to restore the kingdom of God. Because if you only get the cross and your sins are washed away, but your mind hasn't been renewed by the word of God, how to operate according to the kingdom of God, you will still operate just like the world, even though you're born again. You will still get the same results as the world got. Because in the word of God, it's explaining how the, Jesus, when he was born and he raised up, and what did he spend his three and a half years of ministry talking about? The kingdom of God is at hand. That's the only message he ever taught. He never taught about cross. The only time he talked about going to the cross was he was talking to his disciples. But in, to, in the general public, what did he preach? The kingdom of God is at hand. If you continue to read down to Mark chapter 16 and starting at verse 15, you know what he starts talking to his disciples about? Preach the kingdom of God. And when you preach the kingdom of God and go, these signs are going to follow you. But if you go and you just teach people about the cross and they get born again and they start reading the word of God, but they don't understand it's talking about a kingdom. They will still be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and still operate just like the world because their minds haven't been renewed to a new way of doing things. You would just become religious. You'll go through a whole lot of rites and rituals and ceremonies, and it all looks great, but it doesn't change anything permanently. It doesn't bring about what God has called, called the body of Christ to do. Jesus didn't say he was going to, you know, when, when you read Matthew chapter 16, it says, you know, and, and uh, he says, who do men say that I am? He says, you are Christ, the son of the living God. He says, upon this revelation that I'm the Christ of the living God, I'm Christ, the son of the living God, I'm going to build my, that word church is actually a Greek word, says ecclesia. I'm going to build my government, my government assembly. I'm going to build them on, the, on that basis. And I'm going to teach them how to operate according to the kingdom of God. See, that's why he prays in Matthew 6, chapter, Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth, in this land, as it is in heaven. He's not talking about just the cross. The cross is the starting point, but it's not the ending point. When a person comes to the cross, it's like a, like a mother giving, travailing, giving birth to a baby that comes out the womb. That baby don't know anything about this new place called earth. So what does mom have and dad have to do? Teach them how to operate in this system. 
It's the same thing when you get born again. If all you did was go to the cross, receive what Jesus gave to you, but don't understand how to operate in it, you will live most frustrated. And you'll be looking at God like, God, what, what's up? And God's going to look at you like, what's up? What was the mission? His mission was to restore the kingdom of God. Why did he have to restore the kingdom of God? Well, let's find out. Isaiah 9 and 6. We use this a lot of times. Most people use it at Christmas time. Isaiah chapter 9 and 6 says this. Tell me if you sound familiar. For unto us a son, a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father of Eternity, Prince of Peace, or of the increase of his government and of peace, there shall be no end. And upon the throne of David and, and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from the latter time forth ever even forevermore. So who is he talking about? Jesus is the child that is born. Christ is the son that's given. And what is his mission? To establish the kingdom of God back in earth, just as it is in heaven. What do you mean establish? What do you mean? You mean it, it was never here? Oh, it was here before, but something caused it to stop operating here having the right to operate here. And the reason why we're spending so much time, the father said, is because in the next shift, in this new era that we're in, not going to go in, but we're in right now, you're gonna to have to understand how to operate according to the kingdom of God system. Why? Because the world system is slowly, but surely deteriorating. Man, I went to the grocery store this morning. I seen a price for something that I paid for Three, three weeks ago, the same product had went up $4 from three weeks ago. Nothing was bigger, wasn't in a bigger package, didn't get more quality. The, the size is the same, but the, the price is increasing. God's like, I'm telling you, you get my people ready. So if you don't understand that, yes, it's great that Jesus went to the cross. We needed him to go to the cross. It's great that he, it's important that he went to the cross. It's very important that he got up. It's important that he, he the blood was shed, but it's also important to understand that that's the method that wasn't, that was the what, that wasn't the why. The why he really came was to reestablish the kingdom. Going to the cross was part of it. He had to go to the cross in order to reestablish, giving us rights back in earth. You got to understand that part because what happened was, is all the way back in the book of Genesis, it says this in, in Genesis chapter two. How did, yes, sir, he says this, slow down. The kingdom of God, when God really originally created the heavens and the earth, and he created Adam, and he created Adam. He so Adam, he says, Adam, I'm gonna give you authority I'm going to give you dominion and I want you to, to, I want you to rule over the earth. He says, I made you in my image. I made you in my likeness. I made you just like me. And I need you to operate in this earth, just like it is in heaven. Adam didn't know anything about evil. He only knew one way of doing things. And that was God's way of doing things. How do you know that he wanted Adam to operate on earth just like it was in heaven? Well, in Psalms 115, verse number 15, it talks about God created the heavens and the earth. God has the heavens, but the earth he gave to man. So man had authority over the earth. So whatever happened in the earth, man was responsible for. But God also gave the man, when anytime God gives you something, he's going to give you instructions on how to use it. It's kind of like I got my little Apple products here and everything. And when I got my iPad Pro, it came with an uh, instruction manual on how it operates. And it tells me exactly how to operate this equipment to get the most out of it. 
for the purpose for which it was intended. Now, if I try to use my Apple Pro, uh, app, uh, iPod, um, yeah, my iPod, uh, iPad, like a hammer, it wasn't designed to be used. I could use it as one, but it's not gonna go very far. I'm not gonna get the full benefit out of it that I would have got out of if I would have just followed the manual. So Adam and Eve are in the garden. <laughs> Adam and Eve are in the garden. And as Adam and Eve are in the garden, God gave Adam a command and in Genesis chapter two. He said, Adam, two verse 16, he says, Adam, he says, man, of every tree of the garden, you may freely eat of it. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you should not even eat of it. For in the moment that you do, you will surely die or you will separate yourself from my way of doing things. So why do you say Jesus had to go to cross? He had to go to the cross because of something Adam's going to do that's going to cause Adam to separate himself from God's way of doing things. And God says, I'm going to, from the very beginning, I'm going to declare what the end is going to be. He told him, he says, you say, how do you know that? Because in Romans chapter 5, verse 12, it says this, through one man's sin, through one man's sin entered into the world. And death, our separation through that sin. And through death, uh, and that death spread to all men after that. Why did it spread to all men after that? Because any seed, anything that came out of Adam and Eve after they said, carried that sin nature in it. A seed can only produce after its own kind. So you can't take an apple seed and pray sha-na-na-na-na and hope it's going to turn out to be a pear. It's still going to be an apple tree. So the seed that came out of Adam and Eve from that day forward was going to carry that same nature because eventually what's going to happen is Adam and Eve are going to yield to the words of the devil. And when they yield to the words of the devil, what's going to happen is, is they are going to receive what we talked about last week was perverted truth. Perverted truth, people freak out about the word perverted, but the word perverted simply means truth or information that, that turns you away from the true intent of what it was meant to be. So it's information or words or actions or whatever the case may be that will cause you to turn from the original intent for what it was used, it was supposed to be used for. So if I, so if the adversary came to Adam and Eve while they was in the garden, and he asked Eve a question, did God really say you can't eat of any of the trees in the garden? He, she was like, no, we can eat of all the trees in the garden, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we should not eat it, nor shall we touch it. For in the moment that we do, we will surely die. The adversary said this to Eve, he's going to enter in a perverted truth or a truth that causes them to, to change, to go away from the, the true origin or intent to turn to something that's worse. You're not going to die. God knows. I'm going to tell you what's up. God knows the moment that you eat that stuff, you're going to be just like him knowing good and evil. What he said was partially true. They would know the difference between good and evil, but they were already like God. The part where he perverted was, you won't die. When God clearly said, you would. Do you see that? So now they're, they're at a point of decision. It didn't say the adversary could make them do it. They had to choose to do it. So she looked at it. And I'm going to tell you three things that the enemy is always going to try to steal from you, is going to try to do in your life. John 10, 10 says this, that the thief comes not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Jesus says, but I came that you might have life in abundance to the full, till it overflows. How does the adversary go about doing what he does? Well, number one, he wants to steal your identity. That's the first thing he challenged Eve with. He won't, 
you'll be just like God. See, the reason why God told you that is because he know in the moment that you eat it, you're going to be just like him. What is she, what he's trying to do? Saying, you're not already like him. What did it say? God made him in his image and in his likeness. They was already like God. What's the second thing he's going to try to do? The reason why he's going to attack your identity is because he wants to kill your purpose. What was Adam and Eve's purpose? Was to repopulate the earth with more people who are just like Adam and Eve. If I attack your identity, if I'm stealing your identity, I kill your purpose, what else am I going to do? I will destroy your life. I will destroy the very reason why you were supposed to be here in the first place. How did he do it though? He had to misrepresent God. God's trying to keep something from you. If you, if God, if God, if that's really true, then God, then do this. He did the same thing with Jesus. What he did with Jesus was this. He told Jesus the same thing. Hey, if you really the son of God, Command those stones to be made bread. What's he doing? You don't know who you are because if you, if you see, you don't know who you are and I'm going to give you an opportunity to prove who you are. But Jesus knew if I do that, if I prove it means I'm operating in pride, it's going to, hey, you know what? Mm -mm, I'm not going to fall for that. You know what? I tell you what, I'm going to give you all the kingdoms of this earth. Look at all this stuff I got here. It's all mine. I'll give it all to you if you'll just bow down to me one time. What's he trying to do? Kill his purpose. What's the next thing he's trying to do? I can't, I ain't got him to, can't steal his identity. I haven't killed his purpose. I'm gonna destroy his life. You know what? I'm gonna take you up to the highest point. And if you jump off of this, if you jump off, no harm is going to come to you. And then he introduced scripture to it. Because God, you know that he'll give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways, lest you dash your foot against the stone. What's he called asking Jesus to do? I want you to tempt God. I want you to tempt God and jump off this pentacle because God will catch you. What did Jesus say? You don't tempt the Lord thy God. What's he trying to do? Destroy his life. So the same way he came at Adam, what well, came with Adam and Eve, because Adam was standing there when he was talking to Eve, is the same way that he came to Jesus after his identity, after his purpose, and after his life, is the same way he's coming at you and me right now. If he could get you not to know who you are in Christ, if he could make you think you don't have a purpose, and yeah, if he can if he can make you think that hey you don't even have a reason to be here you might as well kill your food cell. It's no different than what he did Adam and Eve, but God sent Jesus, and He says, you know what I'm gonna do? Yeah, Adam and Eve, you bowed to Him, you surrendered up, you gave up your rights, you bought into His lie, you accepted the perverted truth. But this is what I'm going to do because I love you. This is what I'm going to do. Satan, your seed or your kind will bruise his heel. But her seed, Eve, the same one you came to to deceive, the, her seed is going to come forth and is going to crush your head or crush all the little authority that you think you got right now. But God used Jesus to become a seed. When God says, said this, he spoke Jesus into the earth. What did he do? He planted him as a seed. When Jesus went to the cross and laid down his life for you and for me, and he rose up on the third day, ascended into heaven, put the blood, seat, blood over the mercy seat, what was he doing? He was fulfilling his mission. He was accomplishing his mission. He was restoring back to you and me 
life in abundance to the full and overflow, the God kind of life, the life that says you don't have to be broke anymore. You don't have to be of a broken heart. You don't have to be sick anymore. You don't have to lack anymore. You don't have to be it without in another day in your life. And all you have to do to receive all these things is receive the one who laid his life down on a lot for you. God used him as a seed and planted him in the earth. And the adversary was so cocky, he thought that he had won. But what he did not realize happened is when Jesus rose up from the dead, he just, and anybody who believed on Jesus from that point, he just multiplied millions of little Jesuses all over the world. He used his own game against them because the adversary is so prideful, he think he got you. I got you, Tasha. I got you, girl. I got you. I got you. Who you think you are? Who you think you are? And as long if you don't know who you are, if you don't know you're a child of the Most High God, if you don't know that you're a citizen of the Kingdom of God, if you don't understand the fact that you have a purpose, if you don't understand that God gave you life in abundance to the full and to the overflow, you'll bow into His lie. Do y'all understand why you got to know the mission? Because if all you do is look at the cross. The cross tells you how to get started, but it doesn't tell you what to do. The mission tells you, this is what he came to do. Now, when you learn more about this kingdom then, and how to operate in that kingdom, then you can walk in fullness and an abundance of life that he came to restore back to you. That's why we celebrate. That's why we say his mission was accomplished because Jesus did his part. And yeah, I know you what you're asking me, Tim. Um, and I'm going to tell you this as I close. That was the part he was supposed to jump off the chair. Thanks. <laughs> what? Did Jesus do his part? Did, when Jesus accomplished his part on the cross, when he raised from the dead, when he came and he laid his blood on the mercy seat and gave me an, an invitation that says, man, if Milton, if you'll just come and be a part of this, man, all these things will be added unto you. And I make a decision to do that. Second Corinthians chapter 5, 17 tells me what happened. The moment Jesus did his part and I accept what it is that he did on the cross. It says in, 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 in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says, therefore, if any person is in Christ, you are a new creature. You're a new creation. You're, you're so new. You could be 60 years old, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. New means your spirit, man, is brand new. It's like a brand new baby, like nothing you did before that even existed. He says, not only are, are you a new creation in Christ, it says old things are passed away. Everything becomes new. Now, most people say, what, 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 what happened? But what if I still think the same? Well, that's when it's called why you got to get in a word-based church to teach you about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ that tells you how to live according to the kingdom of God. See, if you only get, if you only go to the cross, give your life to the Lord. Yes, you're a brand new creature in, in Christ Jesus, but guess what happens? You're, because your mind hasn't changed, you'll still respond the same way you did before, even though your nature is brand new. Because you, you, it's like a computer. It's like when my little, my little uh, iPod Pro, iPad Pro gets an update. It sends new information. You know what it does? It takes the old information off and puts new information on. Same thing happens when you get born again. It also goes on to say this, Tim. It says, yeah, it says, now all things are of God who has reconciled or restored the, us to himself through his son, Christ Jesus, and has given, now Tim, then you talk about your purpose. You ask what your purpose is. I, I'm gonna tell you tonight. What's your purpose? You have a ministry of reconciliation. What's the ministry of reconciliation? means you're restoring other people back to right relationship with God through Jesus Christ, the same way somebody did for you. It says that is that, and he even gave you a message to go along. You ain't got to come up with the message that God was in Christ, restoring the world to himself, not holding your sins against you 
and has committed, that's the word of reconciliation that he's given to us. So when you, before you received Jesus, your Lord and Savior, the adversary was always attacking your identity, was trying to steal your identity so he can kill your purpose, so he could destroy your life. Jesus goes to the cross, pays for every sin, iniquity, and transgression, past, present, and future, gives you back, restores life, an opportunity of life back to you. All you got to do is believe and receive it. And when you believe and receive it, what happens? You become a new creation in Christ. Your identity is changed. Now you have a purpose. Now you have a ministry of reconciliation with words, uh, with the word of reconciliation, which he's already given you. And let me tell you the, what is the best part. He says, and now you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're in right standing with him. What did you have to do to receive it? Just that. Receive it. I believe it. I receive it. Mission accomplished. But for you, mission not accomplished until you make a decision to receive everything that he's already made available to you. It's just that simple. See how simple that was? So simple, a child can do it. It was all part of God's plan. When Jesus was born, Jesus was born to die for you and for me. That was the plan all along. He spoke it way back in Genesis, but 4,000 years later, it came to pass. God's not a man that he can lie, nor the son of man that he, sh he shall repent. What he said he would do, he's already done. All you have to do is receive it. Well, if God is so good, why did he let Adam and Eve do that in the first place? It's called free will. Remember, he gave them authority over the earth. He bound himself by his own word. He could not go back on his own word. He had to watch while they gave it away. Even though they had authority. If he, if he would have just said, shut up and get out, guess what that little circle would have to do? Shut up and get out. Do you know the snakes used to walk on two legs? before they, he yielded his body up to the adversary. Why did he yield up his body to the adversary? Because it would have been illegal for Satan to be in the earth without an earth suit. So when you see people talking about, you know, a, a spirit came, my grandmama came, and she told me, you better tell grandma, I bind you in the name of Jesus, you better get up out of here. Why? Because it's illegal for them to be in the earth without a body. People say, I'm so-and-so. I mean, I, I've had family. People talk about coming to me in a dream. The devil is a lie. You have no authority here. And the moment you tell them to go in the name of Jesus, they will go and not come back. Because they know now you know. They don't have a right to be in the earth without an earth suit. But I said all that so you can accomplish the mission today. Don't let this weekend go by and everybody else celebrate. And now you was thinking it was just about the cross and now you know it was about much more than that. What are you going to do? Let's close the deal. And according to Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9, and 10, it says this. It says, the word of God is nigh or near you. It's in your heart, it's in your mouth. That's the word of faith which we preach. <laughs> that that. If you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, that confess the fact that Jesus died for you on the cross and believe God has raised you from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Pray this prayer out to be, confess it out of your mouth, meet it from your heart, and you will close the deal right now in the name of Jesus. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe Jesus Christ is the son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross and carried my sins for me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me now. I repent of sin. I'm sorry, Lord. I receive your offer of forgiveness. Jesus, you are now Lord of my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I receive your love. 
I receive your compassion right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you pray that prayer for the very first time, I want to welcome, congratulate you, welcome you, welcome you, welcome you into the kingdom of God, welcome you back in the right relationship with you. Now, what did I just do? I just did exactly what 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18 says. We just gave the word of reconciliation, how God restored, restored the world back to himself through his son, Christ Jesus. And if you believe on Jesus, guess what will happen is he will treat you, you will wash your sins away, treat, not hold your sins against you and restore you back into right relationship with him. It's that simple. The adversary is trying to steal that opportunity away from you. He was trying to steal it away from you, those who prayed that prayer for the very first day, or if you rededicated your life for the very first day, he was trying to keep people from getting that to you. He wanted to steal your life. He wanted to steal your identity, kill your purpose, and destroy your life. But then God sent us to you with a message just like this. I don't think I've ever preached a typical Easter Sunday message in my entire, uh, maybe one time in my entire time in ministry ever. It's always been about the kingdom, even at the time I didn't even know it was about the kingdom. He said, you want to know the why? I said, oh, absolutely. But now that you're in the body of Christ, guess, guess what we're going to do? We're going to invite you to come join us every Saturday afternoon at 5 p.m. At, at, um, for our on-site service or catch us online. And guess what's going to happen? You're going to get in a, get, become a part of a word-based church that's going to teach you about the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's going to teach you about the kingdom of God, about the love of God, and how to operate it in your everyday life. If you're too far away or you can't meet us on Saturdays, catch us online on YouTube, Facebook, catch us on podcast. It's at Ignite to Life. That's Ignite, the number two life uh, podcast. And, and you'll get this, brought, uh, this upload as well as other up weekly uploads, past podcasts and everything that will help feed your faith and starve your doubts to death. Now, again, on behalf of uh, Minister Juin, the entire Night Depot Nation, and myself, I want to thank you for joining us today. Wish you a happy Easter, a happy Resurrection Day. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.